Hello and welcome to this off-season edition of the NBL News Podcast. Just Jackson here today, but we have a very special guest in Southeast Melbourne's own Owen Foxwell, who's just coming off re-signing with the Phoenix on a new two-year deal after spending the last two years as a development player. We get into his development over the past two seasons under Simon Mitchell and the Phoenix, his decision to stay in Melbourne instead of going to college in the United States, and a few off-court topics. In the words of Liam Santamaria, sit back, relax, up next on Foxwell. Just again, thanks for doing this. Thank you for coming on. Like, Beautiful. this all came pretty qu- like we set this up a week ago. I want to yeah. say, yeah. yeah, oh, a week ago, yeah, yeah. We had to postpone it, but yeah, a week ago, I'd say, yeah, yeah. So, um, like, just tell me about your upbringing. Like, I know you played for Bulleen and you've grown up in Melbourne, so you yeah, know, tell so me about you're that. a perfect guy, right? Uh, yeah, so I live in Melbourne currently. Oh, you live in Melbourne now? Okay. Yeah, so I moved here, I want to say, tw- uh, just beginning of 2016, but I'm from Perth. Oh, okay, okay, geez, okay. Oh, yeah, so um, don't live in Bulleen, but um, played most of my juniors there, um, rep ball. I didn't start playing, like, rep basketball probably until about, I'd say, top age 14s. So um, just domestic, played a lot of footy as well growing up, but moved to Boleyn. My dad used to play at Boleyn when he was younger. So um, started there, was the 14 twos at Boleyn and then kind of progressed through that um, 16 ones, uh, won a VC title in the 18s um, for Boleyn. So um, yeah, all the way through, they don't have a senior program. So um, I played well, at NBL one level. So I played um, youth league for a year. And then at the end of the youth league season, COVID cut it short. Um, so we didn't play finals, but as COVID was hitting, um, I went down to open runs with Phoenix um, and literally just one session got picked up from there, um, which was crazy. I was probably going to go to college, but um, how that all ended up at the end of the NBL season um, led me to now full roster die, which is like so grateful. And so, it's awesome being a part of the league and, just seeing how the league's going is um really promising. So yeah, that's kind of my upbringing. Play NBL one at Eltham at the moment. Um, going really strong actually, four and zero. So can't complain. Yeah. So um, what year did you graduate high school? So two years ago. So twenty 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 one. Twenty one. Yeah. So yeah, I'm nineteen at the moment, turning twenty. Um, yeah. So we had the COVID year in year twelve. So I was still doing year 12 exams when I was at the Phoenix. So started oh. pre-season about September, October in year 12 and going going in while also doing school. So um, probably didn't help my grades massively, but um, we got there. We got there in the end. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, what was that like? Because I, I'm in the same year as you, well, at least were. And um, like those 2020, which was year 11, 2020, 
21, year 12 were, you know, pretty difficult. Like we would have spent, I'm not sure for you, but I would have spent at least half of those two years, like in this room doing online classes. So what was it like for you? Yeah, well, I was the same. So um, I think it was year 11. Most of the year was um, locked down. And then year 12, um, it was in and out like heaps. Like, and then the year 12s were allowed to come back so-and-so but it was still pretty much locked down no basketball or anything um which kind of was the main reason why I stuck around because college recruiting was minimal because I wasn't playing so um the Phoenix was like a massive blessing for me really um but yeah for everyone I had um everybody a lot of people had a lot rougher than I did but um yeah lockdown was hard um I think for basketball reasons like just personal development I think I got a lot better um just all you could do was work out. So um, that helps me a lot. So I'll take that as a positive, I guess. Yeah. So, um, so like you were saying that, you know, you were going to probably going to go to college and then things changed around that. Like what yeah. were you eyeing any colleges to go to? Like what were they? Yeah. So pretty much I was going to stick out the first year with the Phoenix and then go to college. Um, but it just didn't, as a college interest was minimal I had one I had one D1 offer um pretty much at the last like very late and then it wasn't a D1 that I it was a good school it was Cal State Northridge yeah Um, and then it just wasn't just wasn't uh for me I think it was the decision Simon Mitchell really wanted me back um he put a lot of trust in me um then I can credit a lot of where I am now to his belief in me and um, what he did for me so um, me sticking around has obviously worked out for the best for myself um, but yeah college was pretty much very minimal interest very and I didn't I wasn't like so into it so that also helped my decision to stay yeah like the NBL website you know you you click on a player profile and it has their bio in that it says which like for you it hasn't been updated since like your first year but like it says for you that um the 21-22 season you um didn't have commercial rights and you you know still had college eligibility so um was that the same last season or was it no so yeah the first year was waived um what's it called the commercial yeah commercial rights is what it says yeah so that's what I did I was unpaid the whole year um, didn't pick up it. No, no money at all. Cause I was going to go to college, but then when I re-signed, um, I waived my college eligibility and, um, kind of took on those commercial rights. If you, if that's how you say it, but yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So, and last year, like I'd say for the team, we had a lot of injuries. So personally for my, I'd say game time and like development and experience wise, it benefited me a lot, probably, for the team, the injuries kind of shot us in the foot a lot, but um, it kind of put put me on not on the map a little bit, but got gave me the opportunity to show what I could do a bit, which kind of got me to this point. So yeah, do you think these past what two seasons now have um better prepared you for the future rather than going to the states and playing college? Um, personally, yes. Like a lot of guys will have different opinions about it, or um, a lot of people will tell me oh, I should go to college. A lot of people telling me to stay, um, but I got to play every day. I was against first year was Xavier Mumford, um, Kyle Adnam, who 
was massive for my development for two years. Gary Brown, like, had a lot of experienced guys in the room. Ryan Brockoff, Alan Williams last year, Trey Kell, just, like, guys that have been around. And I think that was the biggest thing for me, just learning off them um, every single day. And kind of, it wasn't like they didn't push me away or anything. They embraced me and wanted me to shine and improve. So, um, for me, I think it was the best decision I've made. Mm. So... Just back to that first season, you were, you said that you weren't paid. So yeah. you played, I think you played like four games that first year. Yeah. So, you know, weren't any, you know, game payments or anything? No? No, I wasn't I wasn't willing to risk um, that if something came up or whatever it was. But I kind of didn't know, really know the rules. I was kind of just happy to be out there, to be honest, like just embracing it. I didn't really that money side of it didn't even come into my mind at all. Mm. So, um, yeah, those four games, massive for me. Um, but yes, yeah, so no, no, no commercial rights or whatever. I got, didn't get paid at all. So now to this off season that's happening now and a bit before, um, you re-signed two years in Southeast Melbourne main roster, which is big move for you. But yeah. um, I was told by somebody beforehand that, you know, you were going to wait to see who the new head coach was and you signed, I want to say, week and a half, two weeks before yep. like Kelly was announced. So what was the lead towards that move? So I, I always wanted to sign back. Like I like Tommy Gray. I like the, the way that the direction the organization's going in as well. Just the SBC is getting renovated. So that whole project come December will be completed. Um, Every, all the staff that's there, um, kind of just the connections I've made with the club. Um, being a local boy, I thought um, it'd be best for me. And Tommy really, Tommy really wanted me back, so um, he told me if you wanted to sign beforehand, um, I could. I could have tested free agency, but I thought um, the direction that I've been going in, because still young, um, I still got a lot of improvement to make, or well, how I see myself, but. Um, I thought the Phoenix was the best option for me, especially for these next two years. Um, and I thought under any coach they get, I knew they were going to get someone credible and um, they probably brought the best person in for my game style with Mike Kelly. So um, I'm stoked. Yeah. So you're Solomon Detch is your agent, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, were there any discussions during that time with him or, you know, with somebody else about, you know, like, were there any other teams that could have been interested in you? Or because I know that that happens, even though it probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, Team-wise, that was just like, it's like anyone. It's like, this team's interested, but they're going to wait. Because I, I didn't really wait too long in free agency mm -hmm. um, to get to that point. Um, I know there were certain teams with interest. Um, I'm not going to say which ones, but... Um, there were certain teams with interest, but I thought Phoenix was the best option for me. And Tommy wanted me back and I was, I, I wanted to stay. So it was an easy decision for me um, personally. So you've talked to um, Mike Kelly over the past couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah. So um, me and him are working out probably like two times a week. He's still going in between. He's still got his home back, his family's back home. So he's going in between trying to get everything organized to move out here. But I mean, him are working out about two times a week, but, um, I'm the only one here. I'm the only guy in Melbourne. Um, I know Ruben and Anzac are in New Zealand. We got Kenyon up in um, Queensland. 
uh, Gorjak in um, Perth. So in Sauce in Puerto Rico, yeah, yeah. is in Japan. So I'm the only one here to really work out. So um, it's good getting to know him. He's an awesome guy. Um, like from what I've spoken to him and what I've found out from other people, like the way he coaches and the way he played, like I think it's perfectly suited to how I go about my game. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to get it all going. So just even a bit before, maybe, yeah, before you re-signed, because it was between regular season and finals, um, you were part of the Boomers training squad. Yes, so I was. Yes. How was that? How was that experience? Oh, it, was, it was awesome. Just getting to get on the floor with different guys around the league, in different leagues as well, like oh, Reese Vague as well. Um, he, he signed with us recently. So, um, and just also having different coaches as well. There's five coaches that are around the league um, at the AIS, etc. Like um, just getting different opinions from different guys was just awesome to experience and like made some relationships as well. So it was, no, it was awesome. A lot of fun. Do you, well, I'll ask this first. Are you a short-term goal person or are you a kind of bigger picture guy? Uh, kind of both. Like I have those ambitions. Like I want to be a boomer. I want to, um, I just see like sky's the limit really for me um, at such a young age, being in the position I am, um, want to shoot, for the, shoot, shoot as high as I can. Um, and short term, just I want to just keep getting better every single day. Um, if it's in the gym or whatever we're doing, I just want to get better. But then I also have those long-term goals of um, where can I really push myself to get? Um, and that's if it's the boomers, if it's playing at the highest level I can get to. So um, yeah, that's how I kind of go about it. So world championships and Olympics would be one of those goals. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's, that's probably one at the top of the pecking order, really being a part of just the getting to be a part of the boomers culture, even at any level, just getting to that point um, would be massive for me. So, um, yeah. Have you had like a, I've made it moment or, you know, has there any been, has there been a time which you've, you know, thought to yourself, like I've hit this type of mark? Um, I would say the first, like, I would say in the blitz was of my first year, it was kind of like, a bit surreal like we played the kings and i think i had probably played like seven minutes mm. i think i had five points of steal and two assists and i was like oh this is like kind of crazy like watching the guys that i'm playing against the guys that i watch on tv but that no that first game against united at the end of the year of my first season I'm like substrate in the game um hit a corner three and then i was like gee this is crazy like i, I just i just couldn't believe it so probably that game i was like Wow. And then playing out those four games, I played pretty well. And I was like, maybe I do belong here um, and can stay in this league for a really long time. So I'd say, yeah, that first year, those last four games was massive for me and my confidence. So who's been the toughest player you've guarded? Like I was at the play-in or whatever type of name you want to call it, where you played Perth and you were given Bryce Cotton for like a good half of that final quarter like and then you had game against sydney in gibbsland and you were tasked with walton jr like who's been toughest guy you've guarded um i'd say cotton was in that playing game was he's just the way he moves is so ridiculously fast like i thought 
the first three or four minutes I was on him, I got a steal. He hadn't yeah. scored and I was like pretty confident. And then um, he got one of his traditional N1 threes on me. I was like, yeah, damn. And then he, I think he, I think I got subbed out and then he proceeded to score like 20 straight points on us. So, um, but he's ridiculous, but I kind of expected, knew what I was coming into guarding him. But Walton was first time stepping on the floor. Um, I hadn't played the whole first half. Gary Brown got injured. I came in um, and just, he's so, Walton was so herky-jerky um, and just the way he gets downhill and the different shots he hits. So I'd say one of those two was definitely Cotton or Walton was definitely the hardest guard. I have a um, News Corp article right here written yeah. by Michael Randall and it was out of that um, Kings game in Gibbsland. And, um, and it was, no, it was a um, throwdown. It was. I'm getting confused. Yeah. And um and it says in a high stakes throwdown against Melbourne United, Southeast Melbourne coach Simon Mitchell looked down to his bench and called on teenager Owen Foxwell in the first quarter before Captain Carl Adnam. Almost unexplainable gaze gaze muse yeah. during the call of the NBL. I mean, this is a big game of the season. This guy's playing ahead of Carl Adnam. Like, has there been any like doubt in your mind, you know, when it comes to decisions like that? Because, you know, I think of DPs and like five years ago and I and like, you know, they used to be just glorified training players basically. And they wouldn't get any minutes while this, you know, you're actually playing quite solid minutes. So, you know, has there been any down to your mind? Um, I, I would say, so that first year I was, I trained really well. Like every practice I thought I was, like obviously we're on the training squad, so you're trying to give it to the starters and the and the bench team like every day, like you're going hard. And um, it got to the point where I felt like I was like respected in like like they had to respect me at practice. Um, it's not like they didn't, but it got to a point where I could hold my own. And um, it was I was also training for under twenty nationals at the same time, yeah. and um. Simon just before that game, the day before he brought me into his office and was like, Oh, just be ready. Like I might play you and stuff, which was kind of crazy. Cause I hadn't played all year. Like I just sat on the bench the whole year and getting brought in that moment. I was nervous as hell as you would be, but um, I didn't doubt myself. Um, there was obviously nerves, but I didn't have any doubt and had full confidence in myself that I could go out there and, do what I do because I've been doing it all year against guys on my team. So that was kind of my thought process. I've got a couple stats here. So, and this is from Spatial Jam. Uh, this last season, you led the league's DPs in minutes played with 278. And like the next one is like 50 minutes below that. So, um, you know, just going on the back of that, like what are some of the things you were told, whether it be by teammates or coach? or coaches about like opportunity and you know what would you be getting these past two years yeah so like uh, like a lot of the stuff like that I would read that because I'm, I'm a big guy and like not criticizing myself but I love feedback like I love getting told of like this is where I need to improve or um what not I don't care I wouldn't say that I like really care about what other people think but I like taking in what other people say and um a lot of people would say like taking their like I'm taking my opportunity with both hands and like that was kind of how it was like I was played as a spark plug type of guy if we were struggling I'd get brought in to bring some defensive intensity or 
like lift us a little bit. So that was kind of my role and kind of just embraced, tried to embrace that role. Like some games I wouldn't play if we're, we're winning the game, we're up 15 most of the game, like I wouldn't get in, but um, I'd embrace kind of that spark plug type of role um, that Simon had for me. And um, it kind of worked out in my favor, to be honest. So, yeah. How big has Simon been for you over the past two years? Like he isn't your he isn't going to be your coach now, but you know how big has he been for your development? Yeah, like inc- like amazing for my development. Like, um, just just the belief he had in me really from day one. Like he didn't see me as just a young kid that was filling a spot. Like he he wanted me to get better, and he saw something in me, and he threw me out there in the deep end. Um, but it was the best thing for me, and he um would always tell me that he loved my defensive intensity and stuff. And like the experience that you get with playing your first game, you're never going to be amazing because you don't have the experience other guys have, but he pushed me every day because he knew I could get to the point um, where I could hold my own. And he was incredible for my development. Like really, um, he did a lot for me. So really appreciated for him. Who's been your biggest mentor in terms of plays you've played with? Um, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle and Creaky have been over the last two years, just, um, as leaders of the club, um, have just kind of taken me in and just, it's not even have to do with basketball. It could be life. It could be, um, money or whatever it is like managing your life, how to be a professional. I'd say everybody that was at the club last year is they've been around for a while. Um, so just having those people around, I'd say source as well. Um, first year Xavier Mumford really like put an effort in with me. So just guys like that experienced guys that wanted me to get better. They, they saw that I could provide something to the team. So they kind of like took an effort to really help me, um, improve. Uh, you also led, um, DPs in steals last year, 21. And when that scaled up to per 36, you basically led the entire league with 2.7 a game for guys that played more than 15 minutes mm-hmm. in the games you played. Um, you know, you also led your team in defensive rating, which is, you know, it, it, like besides Chi and Antasevich, who didn't play a whole lot, you, you led your team in defensive rating. Like what is it about you at the defensive end of the floor, which you pride yourself on? Uh, yeah, I, ever since I was young, I always embraced the defensive end. As a young kid, I wasn't, I was a bit bigger. So I played like a small four when I was like in under 14. So like I wasn't the most skilled kid or anything like that. So I had to bring something and that was my defense and my intensity on the defensive end. So I kind of embraced that at, at a young age and it kind of just kept going, kept going, kind of got me to where I am. And that's kind of what um, like over the last two years, the coaches loved is they could throw me in and I was going to be the first one on the floor. I was going to want to be physical and um, not let my guy beat me. So um, that's kind of always started from a young age, like embracing the defensive end because that's what wins games. And that's what keeps you on the floor. If you can stop your guy from scoring the ball and you can get stops, it keeps you on the floor. So yeah, that was always my philosophy. You were saying you were playing small ball four. Um, how tall are you? Because we need a center. My under twenty ones team. So I'm nearly six one, but when I was young, I was I was a bit taller for my age, but um, yeah, I just wasn't that skilled yet. So they cut, they couldn't play me at like the one or the two. 
or the three because I couldn't handle the ball very well. Yeah. So, um, that came with obviously as I got older and improved my skills. But yeah, I had to be stuck at the four for a little bit, just small ball rebounder, get some steals and blocks. So um, yeah. Look, you, you'd be the tallest pro- player on my team. So any help if you want to play Sad Day, I, I reckon we'll we'll fit you in somewhere. That's great. Maybe, 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 maybe throw a contract <laughs> my way. I'll see. <laughs> Just buy yourself out of that Southeast Melbourne contract. Exactly. But um, I've got a few questions here that I got from social media guys that want to ask you something. So um, this is from Hunter. What was some of your biggest mental barriers last season, and why were they prominent? Mental barriers. Wow, that's a good question. Um, probably as a team, the it got dismantled a little bit because of injuries. Yeah. Um, so personally, like my role changed a lot um, from the start of the year to when we were on our massive road trip. Like there was no Gary Brown, there was no Trey Kell. Um, so like I had to step up and come play prominent minutes off the bench. So I kind of wasn't used to that. Um, first couple of games I struggled um, and it kind of hurt my confidence a little bit, but kind of just going back to what I do best helped me a lot. But I would say, yeah, those first couple of games where I struggled because of my role had changed was um, probably the biggest mental thing for me. Yeah. And uh, I got another one here from Ben. Um, would you recommend the pathway you've taken, which is DP to um, your brother? Oh, okay. Good. Yeah. Um, I would, I would. I, and I know he wants to, Um, like he sees that as something that he would love to do. Um, He's actually in the States at the moment on um, playing NCAA live events and he's gone really well, Um, picking up a few D1 offers, lots of D1 interest. So kind of, he'll have more D1 interest than I ever did. So um, but if any NBL clubs are looking at him, like he's a stud, like he should, if, you have, if you're looking for someone to fill a DP spot, he's definitely should be on your radar. Um, but yeah, if he goes to college, I think either way for him will be beneficial. And I think he can play in the NBL for, just like just like I do, so I think he's up to it. And then I got a younger brother as well, yeah. another one under him that's coming through. So hopefully, all three of us can get in the league at one point, and we can um all get it rolling. Would you want to play with your brothers, or do you just not stand them? No, no, no. I'd love to. I'd love to. I, I never have actually. I've never played in a team right. with my brothers, so um that that would, that would be awesome. But um just if we could get all three of us in the NBL, that would be um that'd be awesome. And uh, I have one more. This is from Tyson Whelan. Do you pref- what do you prefer more, my announcing or playing with my brother? Oh, jeez. <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> his announcing is next level. He's the best. He's the best one in the league for sure. Oh. Um, but no, nah, Sam. Sam's awesome. So, um, oh no, you got to pick one. Can't. Uh, can't okay, no, I pick playing with Sam for sure. He's. Um, the captain of our NBL one team, the things he does for the club and the team. Um, he's an amazing guy. So I'd have to say playing with Sam is um great. Always keeps morale up. He's a great player. Um, but uh, Tyson's announcing is also next level too. So it's a, t- it's a tough pick, but I'll, t- I'll choose Sam. Yeah. Um, just what are your next couple months looking like? Like you're playing for Eltham currently. Like, yep. do you have any other plans over the next couple months or? Um, so yeah, so we're playing, well, Eltham, we're 4-0 at the moment. So planning on just 
of winning that, to be honest. Like our squad is really tough. Glover, um, that NBL one level is the biggest problem. Like he is he is so good. Like the efficiency on um Glover is amazing. We've got Cal Dalton, um, yeah. Josh Sykes, Shorty running the point, well me and him sharing it at least. Um but yeah, we've got a really good team, great guys off the bench too. So don't see why we can't win it. And then just working out every day pretty much, just getting better. Um got my trainer, Arby Myers, and I'm working out with him a few times a week. If any kids are listening or whatever, um Arby's got some great stuff on Instagram. I think he's AM Elite Hoops. So go check it out. Um and then just yeah, building relationships. Hopefully when we get preseason started, get all the boys in the gym, get to meet them. So that'd be great too. Do you know when that would be? Like I know World Cup is in August, so um, would it be September or? I think they hope, because I know like a few guys are playing NBL 1 still in different leagues, and I think that finishes like late July. Right. I know the summer league, the coaches and GM and Tommy will go um to the summer league. I think that's July 7th. Yeah. 20-something. So hopefully we get a few in, maybe some new signings. I think Reese may be coming. I think his Japan season ends soon, so... Might get on the call with him a little bit. So, but definitely, I think August 1st is when preseason will probably get going. So, looking forward to it. I think I've just got two more questions for you. So, shoot away. I've really enjoyed this. So, um, it's basically the same question, but a bit different. Yep. So, who's your favorite player to play in off the to play with on the court? And who's your favorite player off the court? Okay. Um, off the court, me and Dane Pinot hang out. Um, a bit so we lift pretty regularly together at atomic gym in epping um if you're looking for a good gym go to atomic um yeah so me and dane get along really well he's an awesome guy i'd say him off the court for sure is my number one and then on the court favorite to play with wow um i love playing with creaky because he makes it so easy um i love playing with sauce though he's just his energy and the way he plays, the way he reacts after a bucket or he gets fouled. And um, I'd say source for sure. He's just so exciting. And, uh, you know, I've just thought of this, like the fixture came out last week, week yeah. today. And uh, you have a whole lot of games that are to be decided on in terms of venue. And like, I'm just presuming that most of, if not all of them, except for like maybe one, which you go out to Gippsland again, will be at, the state basketball center, like what do you consider? Cause I know Creek said in a post game one time that um he considers um state basketball center, your actual home court. Like what is it about that place? What is it about that crowd? Because I've experienced that twice now. So what, it, what makes it different? Well, I only got to experience it this year. I didn't get to experience it the first year because they didn't play any games there because mm. um, of COVID, but it's just they pack it out and it's um I was hoping that they were gonna renovate it in the new renovations. That show yeah. was a bummer because I think we could we could have maybe moved there if they did. Um but just I've grown I've probably I've probably played, I would say, over three hundred games at State Basketball Center Court One in my life. And it's just it's like they say it's the heartland of basketball in the southeast suburbs. And I sit I would say I agree with Freaky, I see it as our home court. Um, all of our fans from the southeast can come out. Don't need to make the trek to the city. Um, and would love in the future to see if we can um, upgrade the court one, um, get a bigger capacity so we can fit more people in the gym and play most of our home games there. 
Yeah, like there were talks of putting an 8K arena either there or like across the road. Yeah. And I, I feel that that would have been amazing for Southeast Melbourne and club. And just because, you know, when you played John Kane, you know, if you're going to be playing that at that permanently, like it's just a bit of a pain because, you know, Australian Open's on and you you look at United and they spend, what, a month and a half on the road. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not ideal. Like we, we spent probably, we were, we were back and forward a little bit, but like, yeah, a total of probably like two weeks on the road during that time. And it's not even, it's not even that, that is the hassle about it. It's just, if we had that arena, I feel like more people would come more people that were really love coming to watch Southeast games. They could come to the later games. They could come to the Thursday night games, for example, or just there'd be more people in the gym because it's so close to home. Um, and I feel like a lot of guys would agree with that. So maybe in the future, hopefully that um, the NBL or Southeast can um, get a bigger stadium at State Basketball Center for sure. Yeah. And one more, because I've just remembered this because of fixturing you're playing Christmas day this year tasmania like i know that some players have kind of opinions on that you know playing away from home like keanu pinder was public about it on twitter saying because he's playing on boxing day in cans so um do you have any thoughts on that like big string wise yeah well it's not ideal that you have to play on christmas like you want to be with your family on christmas but um it's part it's part of it's part of the job like you it's something that the NBL wants to introduce you, you, you know, you know what you're getting into at the start of the year. Like you're going to be away from home. Um, and that's the sacrifice you have to make. Like lots of people would die to be in this posi- the position that I am. So I kind of see it as, um, it's part of the job really. Uh, you got to play Christmas. Um, you got to play Christmas really. So, and I know it's great for the league, um, the numbers, the, um, and everything like that. So, um, I can see why the NBL does it. Um, it is a bit rough, though, that we have to play, but hopefully it's not every year. Hmm. Well, thank you for, for doing this. Thank you for spending good half an hour. That was great, man. Good to chat. Yeah. I'll I'll probably come down to an Eltham game sometime and watch you play. Awesome. That'd be great. I'll try, yeah. I'll, I'll try and get you some tickets. I'll try and get you some tickets to the game. Hopefully. Yeah, that, that would be great. Yeah. yeah. No, that'd be great. No, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. No, thank you.